have been applied to our life. And uh, it, is, it is so important that as a Christian that we have the blood applied. Yes. And uh, if you are not born again this morning, it's time to get the blood applied. And uh, it's, look, it saved me. And it's, for many people in this room, it saved them. Yes. And uh, without that blood, there is no salvation. And uh, thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm glad he paid it all. Amen. Take your Bibles to John chapter number 20. John chapter 20. We're going to start there the, this morning as Jesus has appeared unto Mary. He's appeared unto the disciples. Uh, this was after the death of Jesus. This is after he resurrected from the dead. Um, and now he's going to appear unto Thomas. Now, one of the most important things as we look at this text, it is important to note, is important to understand that, that one of the reasons why Jesus came to Thomas was to put away the doubt that he had uh, because Thomas had doubt that Jesus was truly who he said he was. <clears throat> so you've got your Bibles open to John chapter 20. And uh, if you can, let's go ahead and stand and we'll read the scripture. If you cannot, that's fine. So, uh, John chapter 20, and let's begin reading in verse number 24, John 20 and verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, watch what he says, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. Read that next statement with me. I will not. <coughs> Thomas makes his bold statement that says, I'm not going to believe it. I will not believe. I will not believe. Can you imagine making this statement? You are a disciple of Jesus. You've watched him for three, three and a half years or so. And you make a statement that says, I will not. Hmm. Hmm. Now, he has to backtrack on those words here shortly. I love that. But verse 26, and after, uh, after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas was uh, Thomas with them. Uh, then came Jesus uh, and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas. He doesn't speak to the other disciples. He speaks to Thomas because he knew Thomas needed Thomas needed this. Yes. Thomas needed Jesus to speak to him. And he said unto Thomas, he said, Thomas, look here. He said, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Yes. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Yes. Woo! Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. And many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But, because, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye 
might have life through His name. Amen. See, and here's a misconception that is given by many people is that we have to believe in, in this and we've got to do, we've got a list of things we've got to do. There ain't but one thing that we've got to do. And that's to believe through His name. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I pray that you would use me this morning. I pray that I, I would give the words that you want me to say. Withhold anything that I shouldn't say this morning. Say every thought that you want me to say. I beg you this morning for those that are lost to get things settled. I, maybe there's not any there, and that's fine too. Lord, help if there's a Christian that's discouraged, help encourage them. There's somebody on the, on the verge of going over. Lord, bring them back. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Bible. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You all may be seated. I'm going to take, give you just a couple thoughts in the introduction. If you'll jump down to all the way down to verse number 30 and verse number 31. Uh, these are two statements John makes. Uh, John is basically ending this chapter and uh, basically it's over. And then uh, he tells a few more things in John 21. But, ma- ma- but here it is. Jesus is done. He's getting ready to leave and he goes... Uh, In chapter 21, he tells of how Jesus leaves and such. But in verse number 30, he says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. John tells us that there are many things that Jesus did at the end that's not even written about. So I don't know exactly what took place. I don't know exactly all the different miracles that Jesus did because not everything was written about. Uh, the Bible, and we have to understand this, the Bible is not a history book, okay? The Bible is, is, a, is God's Word that is to help us to believe. And so there are many things in the Bible that are not, that are not always going to be, well, why is this left out? Or why is this, because it's not a history book. It's not telling us every single detail of Jesus' life. If you study the Bible, you know that it happens at the birth. It covers the birth of Jesus. And about 12 years old or so, it happens again. tells a little story of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he's 30 30 years old. And then it starts telling the story of Jesus. And outside of that, we don't know what happened between the ages uh, of birth until 12. And and then after 12 to about 30, we don't know what happened. But you say, why do you believe it? Because uh, it's not a history book. It just telling us the stories that we need and the reason John said it and the reason that John wrote it. Watch, John tells you why he wrote the book of John. John tells you why he wrote the certain uh, miracles that he did in verse number 31. That these are written that you might believe. See, what, what John wanted to understand, what John wanted us to understand over 2,000 years later is the reason he wrote the book of John is so that today we might believe because we haven't seen, we're not the ones who saw the nail prints in Jesus' hand. We're not the ones who could thrust our hand into his side. We have the Bible. John said, I wrote it so that you would believe. I wrote this scripture so that you would simply believe. Not in me, not in John, but in him. John said, let that be clear to you today is that I wrote this book so that you 
would believe. Yes. And if you would believe on Him, you'll have that life everlasting. See, the moment... John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him, whoever believes in Him, who puts their faith in Him, who trusts Him, shall not perish, but have. You see that word have? I'm not a big English guy, but I know that that word have means it's mine. Amen. Amen. That's right. Exactly. It's mine. It belongs to Trenton. The Bible says, when I believe in Jesus, John 3.16 tells me that I have everlasting life. What's everlasting life? Everlasting life is forever life. Everlasting life is heaven. But when I believe in Him, then I have everlasting life. See, John tells us why. Why did I write this book? See, many people write a book to talk about themselves. You ever wrote a book? You ever read a book that was written by someone and they wrote it about themselves? Many people write a book. Many people write a book to get praise. Many people write a book to sell, make some money, to get rich. John wrote a book so that you would believe. That's right. Let me tell you something. John has made zero dollars on that book you read. That's right. And if you look on the front of your Bible, anybody that has published a King James Bible, nobody who wrote that book gets proceeds from that book. There's not, there's not a copyright on that book. Right. So no one receives the proceeds of that. Come on, that's written by God for us. Yeah. Yes. Who gets the proceeds? Come on. Amen. The benefits, if you read in your Bible, he gets that. You get that. Hmm. John wrote that book so that you and I would believe. John also says that there's many miracles uh, that he didn't even talk about. Actually, if if, if you still have your Bible open, look at John chapter 21. Go down to verse number 25. John makes a statement at the, chap- at the end of chapter 25. In verse number 25, the Bible says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, watch, if they should be written, every one. So look, Jesus did so many things. If they'd be written of everything that he ever did, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Amen. That's what he says. What does that mean? That means everything Jesus did, if he was to write down every single thing that Jesus did, every miracle that he performed, everything that he said, there would not be enough books in the world to contain what Jesus did. Because may I tell you today, he's still doing something in this world. Yes. Though the world may not uh, agree and though they may not understand always, uh, though I may not always understand, the book's still being written of what Jesus has done. Because your life being changed by Jesus is still being written. Come on. And if you allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in you, the book's still being written about your life. My life's not over. One day I'll get to see Jesus. Amen. 
But my life's not over, so my book's still getting written of what Jesus has done in my life. What are you allowing the Lord to do in your life? How big is your book of what God's writing about your life? See, you think about the power of Jesus. The Bible says in many other signs Jesus did. Many other signs that Jesus did. Then it talks about how, how powerful Jesus is to do more and more miracles. But not only that, but there's also something to be noted that Jesus not only had the power to do many more miracles, but he had to do it in the presence of his disciples. In verse, in, in verse number 30, it says in John 20, verse 30, he said, Jesus did, truly did Jesus in the presence of of his disciples. Do you know what he wanted them to do? He wanted to reassure them that he was who he said he was. And so the many miracles that Jesus did, John saw them, but he just didn't write about them. Because he was a disciple of Jesus. The disciples of Jesus saw the many miracles that would take that would take place in this. See, John wanted us to know that Jesus is the Messiah. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says that Jesus is the Christ. He said that, that, uh, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Who is Jesus? He's the Christ. Amen. Though that may not everybody agree, though that may not everybody understand, but Jesus is the Christ. Not only did he talk about Jesus being the Messiah, but he also talked about the deity of Jesus. Look in verse number 31. He said, Jesus is the Christ, and he is the son of who? Uh, yeah. God. Talks about his deity. John wanted to make sure that we understood every bit of this. Now, now I want to, I want to jump into the message here this, this morning about Thomas, about appearing to Thomas. Number one in the message, uh, let's look at the unbelief of Thomas. In verse number 24 and verse number 25, uh, it speaks of John's, uh, Thomas's unbelief. But if you'll jump down to verse number 27, Jesus makes a statement to him. He said, and thrust into my side and be not faithless. Can you imagine standing before the holy God of Israel and him calling you faithless? There's been many times in my life I've not always believed that God would come through. You say, you preacher? Yep, there's been times. There's been times I've prayed and really, nah, that's probably not going to happen. But can you imagine being called faithless? No faith at all? Thomas didn't have faith that Jesus was the Son of God. Thomas did not have faith that Jesus was standing before them, his unbelief. But part of Thomas's unbelief was simply because he skipped the first meeting with Jesus. If you go back to the couple of verses before, Jesus had already met with the disciples. Jesus met with them the, the first Sunday evening that, that he arose from the dead. He met with the disciples. But guess who wasn't there? Thomas, he was skipping out. At whatever reason, he was, he was not there. His unbelief caused him not to be there. I sure don't want to miss out on the things of God because I simply want to just not be there. I know that raising, raising my children, I, I don't ever want to just not go to church. You say, you don't? I don't. Because I don't want them to miss the service that they could get saved. Amen. What if my child's going to get, what if God had planned for my child to get saved and I decided to stay home? Now, look, there's many times that you ought to stay home because you don't feel good, and we understand that. But there's many times you stay home and you shouldn't. Right. That's right. Preach it. Right. 
I don't want to miss what God has planned for me. Thomas missed the meeting with Christ. Look, I, I tell you what, I, I don't want to come to church unless we meet with God. Amen. I don't. I don't want to come in here just to sing a couple songs and pat each other on the back, clap our hands, and head out. I don't. I want to come in here and meet with God. Yes. As a purpose of coming to church is because I want to meet with God. And I want God to be felt, and I want God to move yes. in my life, and I want God to work in my life. Yes. I, and what causes me not to do that? Unbelief will cause me to stay home. Right. That's right. Unbelief will cause the Lord not to be present in our services. Where two or three are gathered in my name. Yes. There, he, he can be there. Right. But we've got to be believing that he will. Yes. There was Thomas. He had an opportunity to be there, and he wasn't. You had an opportunity. Many times we've had an opportunity to be there, and we weren't. Don't miss out meeting with Christ. Not only do we see that his unbelief caused him not to be there, but Thomas's unbelief caused him to make such a, a bold statement. In, in verse number 25, he says, I will not. Can you imagine uh, can you, can, hey, have you ever said that before? Have you ever made that statement before? I ain't doing that. I will not. Go ahead. Look, Thomas said it. His unbelief caused him to be stubborn. His unbelief caused him to be okay with where he was at. But was it okay with him not to believe? Was it okay for him not to believe that Jesus was the Son of God? It wasn't okay. He needed to believe in the Son of God. He needed salvation. He needed it. And listen, when he missed that first meeting with Jesus, he missed Jesus giving them the Holy Ghost. He missed Jesus showing his hands and his sign. He missed it. And when he missed it, it caused his unbelief to grow to stubbornness. I ain't believing it. I will not believe it. I got to touch it. See, when Mary believed, when, when Jesus came to Mary, he spoke to her. And she believed. When Jesus came to his disciples, he showed them and they had to see it. But Thomas says, I've got to touch it to believe. Many times in our life, we, we, I got to touch it. I ain't believing it until I touch it. Like Thomas said, stuck in our stubborn attitude that we're unwilling to do what God wants us to do. What has God called you to do that you won't do because you said, I will not. I ain't doing that. <clears throat> Have I ever been there? Yes, sir. Look, Thomas wouldn't even believe the words of, his, of the other disciples. Thomas wouldn't believe the words of those who were around him. I will not. I will not. I need to touch it. Listen, unbelief will cause us to do things that we should not do. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say it, I believe it, that this statement made by Thomas was a statement he shouldn't have made. I will not. I ain't doing that. But what caused him to make that statement is unbelief. Unbelief will cause you to do things you should never do because you don't believe. You don't believe. 
Listen, number one, we see with Thomas, we see the unbelief of Thomas, but number two, we've seen Jesus came to Thomas because of his unbelief. Look in verse number 26. After eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with, Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, uh, the doors being shut. Again, Jesus come walking through to meet with Thomas. To meet with Thomas. Jesus came to Thomas. I'm glad Jesus came to where I was. Amen. See, Thomas didn't believe. Thomas makes a bow. I ain't doing that. But Jesus said, I'm coming to you. Bible says that Jesus will draw all men. He wants to draw all men to Him. Come to where we are with the Word of God. And and then He speaks to Thomas specifically. He came to Thomas. He could have addressed the disciples. He could have addressed the crowd. He could have addressed what was going on. But He spoke specifically to Thomas because He wanted Thomas to believe. And He says to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. If you go back to chapter, uh, verse, chapter, uh, the same chapter, verse number 11 through 19, when Jesus was talking to Mary, he told Mary not to touch him. Don't you touch me. But why is it he told Thomas to touch him? Because Thomas needed to touch him to believe. But when Jesus revealed that he could touch him, Thomas then believed. Because Thomas makes a statement. Look what Thomas says. Uh, He said, go ahead. Jesus says, touch me. Jesus came to him and he says, uh, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my God and my Lord. You know what he did? Number one, he had unbelief. Thomas did. Jesus came to him. And number three, he had belief. Because Jesus came. To him, he said, My Lord and my God, look, Lord, not master, not someone who is uh, uh, over him, who is the Lord, capital L. Then it says, My God, capital G. Thomas then said, You're God, you're Jesus, you are the Lord. And look, he said, My my God, my Lord. It was his personal, personal to him. Thomas's faith was prompted by sight. Every person in this room, if you believe in God, if you believe in this Bible, your faith has not been prompted by sight. Your faith has been prompted by something you've heard. I've never seen God. How do you say people, I've had people say, well, how can you believe in someone you've not heard? How can you believe in someone who you've never heard speak? Though I may have never heard God speak to me audibly, and though I've never been able to see God physically, I believe in God because of God's Word. The Bible says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing come by the Word of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, Whom having not seen, ye in love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye shall rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, though I have not seen. 
seen. I believe because of what I've read. And if you will read your Bible, you it will develop in you a faith and belief in God. I don't know that I believe the Bible. You read it long enough. The Word of God will work in you. The Holy Spirit of God will come on you and it will reveal to you that God is real. The Bible tells us that no man is without excuse. You can look out in this world and know that there is a God in heaven. That's why if you go to the deepest, darkest jungle of any country in the world and they don't have a Bible, but they do have a God that they worship because they know deep down inside of them there is a God. And there is a God in heaven. And He saved me. Yes, yes. And he saved many of you with the blood of Jesus. Though I've never seen him, I certainly have heard of him. Amen. I had a man, many times I, I say this to people, and I believe it. If you go outside today, it may not be today, but last few days it's been real windy, hasn't it? Many people say, well, you believe in God, you've never seen Him. I ask them the question, you believe in wind, you've never seen it. You have never seen wind, ever, and yet you believe in it. Well, you see, uh, the wind is moving that tree. That's right. It's called the effect of the wind and not the wind. See, what happens is uh, when someone who gets saved uh, comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, something begins to change. And, and that wind starts moving. And see, when you put your faith in Him, something begins to happen. Yeah. I ain't never seen it, but I've sure seen the effects of it. Amen. Hallelujah. I've sure seen the effects of the Holy Spirit of God. Yes. Praise. And I'm going to ask you, I'm done. I'm done. Does he affect your life? Praise God. Does the wind move you? <laughs> it ain't a moving me, bud. <laughs> Woo! Now you're like Thomas. I will not. I pray to God there's not one person that leaves here today that says, I will not. Oh, help us, Lord. Don't leave here like that. Leave here like verse number 30 or 31 tells us. We believe. Yes. Though we've never seen. Yes. Hallelujah. But one day. Amen. That's right. We will see him. But I'm going to tell you this. There's only one way to see him. And John makes that clear. John makes that very clear. John said, I wrote this book so that you would believe through his name. See, I'm not going to heaven because of Trenton Stephics. When you write a check, whose name do you put on the check? Those who authorize those funds to be used. When I get to heaven, I'm not signing my check, Trenton Stephics. 
You know why? Because my check's already been signed. Amen. The funds have already been authorized. And who they've been authorized by? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. You know when they were authorized? June 14th, 1998. Yeah. That's when they've been authorized. Yeah. I'll ask you this, and I'm done. Do you know for sure heaven's your home? Do you know for sure? Do you know for sure? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for the scripture. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing us to this place today. Lord, I ask that if there's one in here today that does not know for sure that heaven is their home, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. Lord, I also ask if there's a Christian in this room that has doubts, 